And we're back. About damn time. Really? Seriously? Yeah, I think the drugs are kicking in. It's probably good because I'm topless. That's what all podcasts need. God, we are. Bad Philosophy, episode 85, recorded on February 26, 2011. Three Long Pigs. Hello, everyone. Welcome and one to Bad Philosophy, upsetting the balance of reality one rabbit trail at a time. We are back for episode 85, everybody. Welcome back to the show, Kevin Saunders. What's the numerology of 85? Like, is there something important Ooh, we should be studying yeah, let's, here? Let's, oop, first rabbit trail of the show. Let's, let's find this out. Wikipedia, oh, 85. Was a common year starting on Saturday. Oh, no, no, we don't want that. We want to do 85 the number. Um, it's octahedral, uh, centered triangular, centered square. Uh, what does that even mean? Decagonal. <laughs> well, I mean, there are links to all of these, so we could read about them. But um, it's the product of two primes, 5 and 17, and therefore it is biprime. Biprime. Uh, Sounds yeah, dirty. Biprime. <laughs> You know, you know what they they call a tri prime, right? I'll try a prime once. <laughs> <laughs> Go to hell. Hey, people um, keep asking us on Formspring if you're gay, Stephen. Do they? Do they keep? Oh, I haven't looked <laughs> yeah, at the, really the bad philosophy one lately. Uh, Kiki Cannon, everyone. Hi. <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't. Uh, I haven't checked the Formspring recently. I should do this more often than not. I'll delete them just because. It doesn't really matter. We've answered it once or twice yeah. already. I think I think twice, yeah. Does that make us bi-prime? I don't think so. No? <laughs> we just answered a question twice. Right. It means we're repetitive. Um, there's no... I mean, I don't see any specific numerology of 85. Um, uh, I don't know. It's... Uh, 85 is 1111 in base 4. <laughs> <laughs> Chad Onko, there's there is apparently a Cincinnati Bengals player named Chad Ochocinco who yeah, wears yeah. eighty five. Uh-huh. He he changed his name. He was on Dancing with the Stars. He's really weird. Yeah, I love that he's. <laughs> That's the only reason I know anything about like a football player is he was on Dancing with the Stars. Uh, Emmett Smith won the first Dancing with the Stars, and he's a Dallas Cowboy, and I'm proud to call him a member of a once great team. Hey, Stephen. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know when the last time you googled yourself was, mm-hmm. but if you type in "is Stephen Torrance," the first one is not gay, like it is for most people. It's "is Stephen Torrance deaf?" is the first auto. Oh my god, that's like the first sentence of my of my YouTube description. <laughs> Seriously, like that's the first thing I say is I'm I'm hearing. <laughs> And, and it literally is like the first thing that people ask. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yep. Funny. Yep. Here's another one from Banana Crack. Let's uh, let's go ahead and delete that one. Banana Crack. Sounds. Actually, that sounds kind of tasty. If people are gay, it doesn't matter because you're not going to get to sleep with them anyway. Well, here's that's just well, like a thing for the whole internet. You know, you get one fan who's excited enough. Even more. <laughs> You know, while we're on this now, subject, now because next, and, and I and I swear, I swear, everybody listening, this is this is the we're really going to talk about something else on this episode, other than my <laughs> my uh, sexual orientation. But 
Um, I've got to mention this just because it was so incredibly weird. So yesterday at the store, um, every morning we have a what we call a daily download, morning meeting, whatever, half an hour of us talking about stuff. Uh, and our store leader, who uh, recently was training a manager at another location, came back and uh, decided to share in our daily download how um, he had started talking about some accessibility training stuff that I'd done at our store to this other manager. And a couple people have, oh, had overheard my name there, a couple of other specialists at the store, and they've been like, oh, hey, is that, uh, is that that sign language guy that does the Miley Cyrus stuff? Uh, so he, he felt compelled to share this in the download about just how famous I was. So, you know, that was awkward, but also, I guess, sort of appreciated. You know what's really sad? But, but, but I'm not finished. But then, oh, no. literally, but he's not finished. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that itself would not have been terribly interesting. If not for the fact that 15 minutes later, I'm, you know, doing the, the door kind of, you know, flight controller person, uh, gig. And a couple of guys walk in. You know, and I greet them. Hey, how's it going? And one of them is it literally turns to me and he's like with shock in his eyes goes, oh, my God, you're you're Stephen Torrance. You're Captain Valor. <laughs> and, and, and at first I was like, you got it. You cannot be serious. Like, this is this a prank. Is a or, yeah, this yeah. is this is so a plant. And, and so I, I was incredulous at first. And then I was like, you know, come on. Yeah. All right. Yes. I, and he was like, oh, no, I mean, I'm serious. Like, this is so cool. Like, I had no idea that you were even in Austin. <laughs> And so this was like a legitimate fan encounter. Um, and he was, he was sort of in shock for the first couple minutes. And then it was just like, Oh yeah. You know, I know somebody that we had like a mutual friend through Facebook or something. And like, you know, found my videos this way and, you know, chatted a little bit. And I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> did you tell him to, to uh, check out badphilosophy.com? You know, that's, that's actually sign off. He, yeah, he, um, he said, you know, and I found, uh, you know, I went to Bad Philosophy and I listened to a couple episodes and I was like, oh, yeah, we, are you still listening? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so well, uh, wow. so uh, we can say whatever we want about this guy now because yeah, he's obviously not listening. Um, I won't give his name out, but, um, you know, I told him, yeah, you know, if, if you really want to know what I'm like the other 99% of the time, listen to Bad Philosophy. <laughs> uh, because the, the ASL videos are just a little bitty thin slice of actually who I am. Um, so, but I, you know, it was just so strange that he, that the store leader mentioned this in the download and, and literally this has been the first time the ASL thing had come up in like two and a half months. Uh, and I never, long. yeah, yeah. Um, cause you know, when I first came on board, everybody kind of shared the video and then everybody in the store sort of knew about it and it was like, yeah, whatever. Um, and then he, you know, brought it up again now and then like literally 15 minutes later i have in this fan encounters like that do not happen in the store like that's the first time that's happened to me in the entire time i've been working in the store so yeah. for for those to coincide was just incredibly coincidental and i felt like mentioning it anyways uh <laughs> let's talk about eating people i i have no segue oh. between my asl stuff and eating people <laughs> <laughs> that makes any sort of, of sense so I'm just gonna. I don't think there is one, and if no. there is, I think it would rip the fabric of the universe. Yeah, I, well, you I, have I, to go. You have to take a couple, you know, segues off to something else. I don't think you can do a straightforward shot, but if you bounce yeah. off two or three things, you could make it. Does it go? Does it go through Kevin Bacon? I don't. Are there oh. any famous deaf cannibals? Mm. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there have been. Um, <laughs> I just. That, I think that's the key. But see, that's exactly where I didn't want to go, Kevin. So, 
you've kind of... I'm, I'm not saying being deaf has anything to do with cannibalism, or cannibalism has anything to, be, to do with being deaf. I'm not trying to disparage either group. Right. Particularly the sort <laughs> of hearing, because cannibals are a little icky. Um, um, sure. As we'll get into shortly. Yeah. Let's, well, so actually, if, let's just get into it now, because I don't really like where this is going... So yeah, yeah. <laughs> dear God, stop this train of that, thought. That whole there, there, there's no way out of that one, Kevin. So let's just let's just kind of <laughs> skip right on to the discussion of how icky cannibals are. Uh, no, like, so in all seriousness, um, Kiki on our last episode posted a um, posted an article of of interest, and it is from the Star. I I have no idea what this publication blog website or whatever is. Uh, it's um, a British. Paper. It's a British newspaper? Okay, that makes yes. sense. But why isn't it star.co.uk then? You know what? <laughs> it just is, alright? No, I, I'm i genuinely concerned about it. It's a purely American thing. It stands for yeah. commerce. So are these are these Brits like not proud of the their ability to have their own like UK branded domain? Do they do they want to appear like ambiguously? Well, they probably want to as many people as There's no co.us. <laughs> com is com is American. A, there is a dot US though. There is yeah. a dot US, but bad philosophy dot us. <laughs> I actually I so here I got another rabbit trail. I actually did consider some other you know like um, the the web two ish domain names when I was uh, thinking about the domain for bad philosophy, and uh, you know because there's like dot ly and dot me and um, yeah. there wasn't. There wasn't Those a are all um, country codes. Right. Uh, but there wasn't yeah. a, a dot like HY, so we, we couldn't have um, we couldn't have done that one. Um bad philosophy. Terrible. No, but now I think we've come up with uh with our secondary mascot. <laughs> <laughs> the bad philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> Get, getting under your skin with knowledge. <laughs> I don't know. Can we get back to eating people? That's less disturbing than this rabbit trail. Sure. Um, so, so we have we have this article from the Star uh, about a gentleman named Alan Hutchinson, a um, professor at Toronto's Osgood with an E Hall Law School, um, and he is. Uh, apparently, a um, uh, he's interested in the topic of cannibalism, and and the article basically talks about him talking about cannibalism and sort of the uh, the legal history of cannibalism cases and how it relates to the general idea of of law um, as uh, as we interpret it throughout the years. Uh, you know, the article is called "Is Eating People Wrong?" question mark But it's not so much about that question as well it, it is it is about that question it's not it's not about answering that question is eating people wrong it's about the process of answering questions like that uh using the law because he really only talks about one or two cannibalism cases in the in the article and doesn't say much about them um it's more about like i'll quote him here um law is really a bunch of people struggling to answer difficult questions society has and and that's really where the article goes you know it talks about uh, the two sort of um, 
paradigms in law, which I'm really oversimplifying here, but, you know, conservative law, which is, you know, always stick to precedent versus uh, evolving law, you know, where, where you kind of reinterpret and each generation has kind of their own uh, evolving understanding of, of how we should act. Um, cannibalism itself, I just, so I, I want to like, let's use this article as a, as a springboard and just go into some, uh, go into some prima facie, you know, opinions about cannibalism because it's it's such a such a visceral topic for for humans, you know, the idea that we could uh eat other people in certain circumstances um out of necessity or or almost, you know, out of out of desire in some cases is just kind of creepy. So, I want to get, you know, initial opinions and I'll start with uh with Kiki since she is uh stated that she has not read much on the subject, but has opinions nonetheless. Well, I have opinions on everything. <laughs> of so. course you do. Um, I don't know. To me, it's kind of like once you start thinking about humans as just another animal, then I get into this problem where I have this thing where I like to collect like animals that I've eaten. Oh, okay. you know, like weird this is ones. New. Like, I haven't told you about this. Like, I like finding restaurants that serve kind of like off the wall meats, you know, or or things that are less common, you know, like buffalo and kangaroo mm. and you know all that kind of stuff. You've um, had kangaroo? No, I oh. haven't. But I think there is a place in Chicago that that sells it. So I'm gonna have to like go there one day when I have money. Knowing Chicago, um, I bet there's probably a place where you can get human meat. Just but saying. <laughs> it's one of those things that, like, you start to think about it of, like, animals you have eaten. And then you're like, man, I will never know, you know, unless unless it is, like, one of these horrific, dire events that you never want to get into. Or you're just, like, a psycho killer. You'll <laughs> never know, like, how, how that compares to other animals. Well, apparently, um, this is... A story I heard on another radio show a few years ago, um, just speaking to that very thing. A woman was calling in, and her and her family had been living somewhere relatively remote. I don't know where it was, um, and this is all you know, sort of almost to the list of ur urban legend sort of length. Um, but there was a woman whose baker was a crazy person, and he had killed a few people. And I say baker, butcher, excuse me. And <laughs> what he did was he would kill hey, them to dispose, to dispose of the bodies. He would butcher them and sell them with his meat. Oh, man. And so this community, for about two years, he, could, he, he spread it out, basically. He spread out the murders for a, over a period of about two years, was unknowingly eating human meat. Awesome. So he would put it with like the the pig meat, right? Because it's relatively he'd, he'd, close. I, I think he'd grind it up, or he'd cut the parts to look certain ways, or whatever. Mm. Um, and this woman who who was calling in had been living in this community and had theoretically purchased, bought, and purchased and eaten human accidentally. Well, that gives a whole new meaning to the term sausage fest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dying of fire! Seriously. Uh, uh, so, so yes. You, there still has to be a crazy person involved before you end up eating human, probably. Mm -hmm. But um, and and it's still an unlikely thing. And it's not something. And we'll, we'll kind of talk about this. I'm sure more. It's not really something 
I'm sure I would want to do. I understand your idea, Kiki, of, of sort of this new experience, and it's something that, that we will never have, and we really can't compare without the experience. Which I'm kind of okay with. Like, let's just no, it. I'm not it's... saying that I'm not okay with it. I'm just saying that it's one of those things. I mean, as, as an, I'm speaking as an input here, too. Like, I, yeah, as the, yeah. the collector of all experiences type of person... I'm okay mm-hmm. not collecting that particular experience, you know. Just yeah, <laughs> I really am okay. too. Go ahead. So here's here's the one thing, because there is one way that I thought that I I might end up having this experience, uh-huh. right? Um, the head of PETA, um, Ingrid, I can't remember her last name, like Ingrid Wackadoodle or whatever. <laughs> um, Somebody she, doesn't like PETA. <laughs> Not in the slightest. Um, Wait, okay. Can you can you go like a brief rabbit trail and say why? Because they, uh, if you actually look at what they want, their their end game is absolutely ridiculous and completely. What, what is their end game? Their end game is they honestly want us to just open up all of our doors, open up all the cages at zoos, and just let animals roam free, like in the streets and stuff. Hmm. Because then they will all live as a collective. No, they won't. They will kill and eat each other because that is what animals do. <laughs> I mean, you know, honestly, and, and they would hurt, you know, kill and eat people. I mean, they don't want, like everything returned back to its original, you know, they're just like, eh, go ahead and just open it up and they can wander around free. And, you know, and they don't, they want to, to make owning domesticated pets illegal, hmm. you know? So all these people who are like, Oh, I'm such a pet lover. And I give to PETA. I'm like, you do realize that if they had their way, you wouldn't be able to have your little fluffy kitty or whatever, you know? Hmm. Well, so anyways, they, they head of PETA says what? Um, but the head of PETA says, um, uh, that she wants to, as a protest against people eating meat, she wants when she dies, her body to be barbecued and served to people. Ooh. Thinking that this will make people go, oh my God, that's so horrible. When in fact it was like, wait, okay, she's offering her body. So legally, hmm. does that mean I could partake? Because if so... I would be the first one there with barbecue sauce. Interesting, because I, I think so. The term cannibalism, we, what we normally think of first is murdering someone and then eating them, like yeah. out of out of necessity or desire. But if uh, if someone yeah. just like dies and says that's okay, but but you know, legal precedent wise, I know that like you can't. If someone asks you to kill them, you're still yeah. held liable for murder. Like, even if they give you permission, verbal permission, yeah. written permission, whatever, it's well, still a murder. Oh, case. Go, go a little bit more into that? Well, I mean, that was the whole Dr. Kevorkian thing, was assisted suicide. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, he would set yeah. up this machine that would pump chemicals into the body when they pushed a button. And, yes, they were pushing the button, but he was legally... A murderer, or you know, at least someone who had killed someone else. Whether or not murder was the term, manslaughter, voluntary manslaughter—I don't know what they called it. Um, but I mean, yeah, there there is. In fact, we talked a little bit about legal precedent. There is legal precedent that even if someone asks you to kill them, you're still 
it's still illegal to do so. Exactly. But, yeah. But she is not. She is not asking someone to kill her no, and no, then no, barbecue but... her. She is saying that whenever she succumbs to natural causes, instead of being buried, this is what she would like to do with. So her it's almost sort of like organ donation, right? You're just donating <laughs> your. You're donating your organs to a restaurant. <laughs> I mean, yeah. seriously. Seriously, I, I, okay, one, I can't stand her, so I, I would be okay with eating her, um, and two, I don't know, I think that would be very interesting to see who would show up for that party, mm. you know? <laughs> so, you, you raise a very good point there, Kiki, I'm finding myself almost sympathetic to the idea of, of trying out the meat in that case. You know, it's sort of there's sort of a, a guilt, I guess, that goes along with um, you know eating the the meat because it's because it's your your own species, right? You're still eating another human being, but yeah. if the person has given permission for you to do so, uh, I don't know. It, it it's still I think I would still refrain. You know, just I'm simply uncomfortable out of, with it. Yeah, I would, I would I would still be uncomfortable, but uh, you know if. If someone gave me like three meats and said one of them might be human, uh, and the others aren't, and you won't know, <laughs> or I won't tell you which one is, uh, you know, plausible deniability. <laughs> oh, that is such a pussy way out. That's, well, I mean, in if my you're opinion, gonna eat a human, at least take responsibility for it. Uh, well, okay. That's like the um, in in firing squads. Yeah, um, yeah, that's exactly um, how they everybody do in a firing squad is given. Is, is given a loaded gun. There's like six guys or whatever. Only one of them has an actual bullet in it. The rest are blanks. So they mm -hmm. all seem like they fire. And the idea is that no one in the firing squad ever knows who actually killed them. You sort of, you can, and, and that's sort of meant to be sort of a justifying thing. Well, I may not have been the one that killed him. Only one of us six killed him. And so I don't have to feel bad. But in my opinion, there's a one in six shot. Like I would never do that because there's a one in six shot that I fired the gun that killed him, and so I would have to feel responsible for this guy's death. Or at least, you know, one-sixth responsible. One, but, still, but even still, <laughs> I mean, well, the thing is, you know, it's not a Schrodinger's cat situation. I either didn't kill him or I did, but because I don't know, I would I would err on the side of caution and said, there's a chance I killed this guy. Is that a choice I want to live with? Yeah. You know, that, um, that and, case... And I don't want to do that. That and, case came up in my, um, in my causation class, actually. That, that, yeah. that exact scenario under... I think it was... It wasn't under over-determination. Because uh, over-determination was you have a firing squad, everybody has bullets, um, everybody fires into the guy who actually killed him. Did they all? Did, did like, the guy whose bullet hit first? You know, there's, it's over-determined that, that the bullets killed the guy. But in that one, in that sort of indeterminate situation, mm -hmm. it's that that was an example of indeterminate causation where you have, yes, one of these guys did, but it's you know only the person who gave the bullets, or maybe you know if you if you have a machine do it randomly, nobody actually knows. It's indeterminate who actually yes. killed him. So there's not a way to um, there is not a way to pin down exactly who caused that in that case. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, getting back to Getting well, back no, but, to the but going to your board. to your three meats on a plate situation. Sure, yeah. If I'm told one of them is human, 
I don't feel that I would be comfortable eating any of them. Right. Then that, that should be the proper response, but... Um, <laughs> but Stephen and I are freaks, I'm and we saying, really want to eat us some human. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say really want to, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it's, impossible, it's impossible for me to... Or it would be, I would be lying if I say I weren't curious. And, and you know, well, that, but we too. can we can kind of get an idea of what human would taste like from other people who have eaten humans and reported on it, right? Um, like uh, some folks in Africa have said, it tastes like pig, and they and they call it long pig. You said Kevin, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, I think it came from Polynesia originally. Polynesians, okay. Um, but don't quote me on that. I'm sure Google will correct me. Right. Um, and and that sort of speaks to this whole cultural aspect of it. Um, we are all in a very, you know, Western Americanized tradition where cannibalism is a bad thing. We have the Hannibal Lecter movies where he is evil. There's no question about it. And mm-hmm. he's pretty much evil because he eats people. There's some other things too. I mean, he kills them and cuts people up and all that sort of, but he eats people. That sort yeah. of thing. Cannibal he eats Hannibal. brains. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes out of and, life and people. <laughs> evil. Um, and, and so, I mean, is there, I mean, if there isn't this cultural taboo where, you know, there is a culture, and I think maybe Michael Crichton wrote Eaters of the Dead. I think that may be what I'm thinking of. I didn't read it myself. Um, you know, if, if culturally when someone dies, you, you honor them through eating of their flesh, and, and I can imagine this happening um, because it's really just, it's just a shift of cultural norms. Sure. Um, is it wrong or is it wrong for us from our perspective to say it's wrong? Well, and that, I mean, that just gets into whether law is culturally normative or, uh, universal, uh, which is normative. (laughs) Well, it's, it's a much bigger question. I mean, that's, it is, uh, that's almost the separation well, it's the separation thesis, right? Um, whether, uh, well, it's a, it's not necessarily the separation thesis. The separation thesis says, you know, should um, should ethics define the law or should uh, ethics check the law? Should they be separate? Um, but, you know, ethics can be either consequential or uh, deontological. It can be either the right defines the good or the good defines the right. Um, Mm -hmm. so, but whichever moral, uh, scheme you ascribe to, whether you separate that from law or not is, is another question. Uh, you know, that I really don't want to get into that at this point. It's a huge topic, (laughs) but it's, it's sort of where this, this original article that we started talking about, uh, kind of goes with is, is this is an ongoing question we should be asking ourselves constantly. All right, where do we really stand on this? Um, and there's, this relates in kind of a weird way to a Ted talk that I listened to recently, um, I forget the guy's name, but it's it's uh, basically raising the question: Why not eat uh, insects? Uh, because we from a okay, Western okay, you are, but I guarantee you, if if you asked anyone in the West, like, would you eat a bug? Uh, they would give you about the same response as, would you eat a person? <laughs> okay, know? so Ew, no, bugs are gross, or you know, insects are are dangerous mm-hmm. and like spiky and that's exactly why we have them on fear factor people eating insects is yeah. revolting just like well, you know see, on fear factor if they gave favorite... them... <laughs> go, ahead. Oh, go ahead okay one of my favorite clips on fear factor and i'm sure you can google this um 
It was an episode of Celebrity Fear Factor, and is Penn it the is it Penn and Teller? Yeah, yeah. I knew I knew where uh, you were going with that. It's great. Um, it's it's a fantastic clip. I just absolutely love it. I don't remember who um, the the other celebrity is, but there's sort of there's a, a final challenge, like to if she messed up on the main challenge and they'd let her go on if they, she ate an African hissing cockroach. And of course, Joe Rogan's there with a big jar of cockroaches. And she, he's like, all you have to do to go on is eat one of these. And she's like, oh, no, freaking out, whatever. And, <laughs> and the, the camera's focused on her. And all of a sudden, you see this hand reach into the frame. And it kind of pulls back, and it's Teller. And he reaches in, and he pulls out a, a, a roach and just bites it in half. <laughs> like in his completely <laughs> silent style. And it just sort of like – and, of course, it makes for great TV because you're watching. And he had no reason to eat it whatsoever. He was just doing it because – it would make for good TV, and he probably wanted to see what it would be like to eat a roach. And, of course, this makes your free head even more, and he's like, well, look, it's easy. You just eat it. I mean, that's what he's doing. He's yeah. doing it. Uh, <laughs> but but which, that which sort of position, general, though, I, you know, yeah. that that's just, it shows further just, like, how uncomfortable we are with, with the idea, though. Um, and this guy's argument was, well, uh, you know, most of the world, especially most of the developing world, uh, eats insects. I mean, it's just normal to have, uh, you know, insects as sort of like a little snack food. It's a good source of protein. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. folks raise insects. They're a delicacy. And, you know, insects are pretty dang uh, prominent uh, in the world. And there's they could easily, uh, you know, sustain us as a source of protein long after uh, traditional meats like, uh, you know, cattle or pigs or chickens are either too expensive to produce or too... Um, too rare to actually feed a uh, a wide um, swath of the population, uh, which I think is you know a pretty compelling argument. And and I it it sort of it opened my mind up to the idea in a way that I never considered before. Now <laughs> it's a huge leap, of course, to go into well, if you're okay eating insects, why not eat humans <laughs> as a way of, like, population control or... <laughs> I can tell you the answer to that because we think people are different than insects. Exactly. And, and Kiki, you started, you started out one way that, that just kind of... I, I kind of left a question mark there and wanted to come back to it. You said, well, once you assume that humans are just another animal, but I think that's a, that's a huge, like, that's a huge leap for people. Um, well, now, yeah. it's not, it's definitely not a leap for, uh, for evolutionary theorists, you know, who, who basically spend their lives trying to, to prove that, yeah, humans are just another animal and they completely accept that. Why then is it a, a leap for even those such people to go, well, but yeah, cannibalism is completely wrong. I, I don't know. Well, I, I, because... I think it's, I think it's the idea of, for, for a lot of people, it's, it's the idea of of the the soul or the consciousness that's really kind of getting us the idea of of being I, I don't know like I think that's that's where it is for a lot of people like this is what makes us different so therefore you know we're different than a food giving thing right but of course if you ask any other animal on the planet you know well, one, you won't be able to understand them. And two, all the carnivores will be just fine with eating human meat. I mean, you know, it's like... <laughs> are they? Are the other carnivores eat okay with eating their own kind? Uh, I think that's an important are. thing. Many of them are. I think it's an evolutionary 
that is kind of built into you that you will not choose to eat your own kind for the most part if there is another food supply. Right. Um, because that would just be bad evolutionarily speaking for a species. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, the but, species that loves to eat itself. But <laughs> if, but if, if a, uh, if another animal is in like a collective group, you know, a pride of lions or something and they eat another lion, the rest of the pride isn't going to go, okay, you go over there and be your crazy little cannibalistic lion self. You know, it's not a big deal. Like, and there, <laughs> yeah, are, but... there, are like, there are like crimes that social animals will shun another animal for. Mm-hmm. But that seems very low on the list of things that they're worried about as far as, as the majority of carnivorous animals. Yeah. For for one reason or another, we we consider our um, we consider our our sentience, you know, our our separation from uh, other animals. Or we we consider cannibalism to be a mark of sense uh, or lack of cannibalism mm-hmm. to be a mark of sentience. Uh, you know, just like our you know religion or um, art or iPods or iPods. <laughs> right. It's just one of those. Damn it, because we have iPods, we can't eat other people. Yeah, it's one Pretty of much. those things that makes another, us another another stupid thing that Apple has given us. Yeah. <laughs> Damn Anyways, you, Jobs. It's just another thing that makes us quote human. Um, which okay, I mean, I I'm I'm all right with that. And as as a completely arbitrary distinction. Sure, I think it's it's something that we certainly do embrace, and maybe that we should embrace. Now, in who, who is what is going on there? Sorry, I'm I'm rearranging. Okay, I'm gonna wait till you're done rearranging. I, 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 I'm okay. not gonna ask what he's rearranging because I really don't. <laughs> That's okay. I'm done. Okay. Well, at least I may have to do it again. But now the interesting question. Really, that, that soon? <laughs> Impressive. <laughs> Anyways, so, uh, <laughs> by the way, can y'all hear Arwen purring? No. <laughs> no? I can't. You Hi, can't? Arwen. Okay, alright, because she was definitely purring very loudly in my lap right now. Oh. Anyways. But that's one of the I'm things that... I'm not gonna that... go there. Okay. Ah, it's not uncommon for an animal to sit in one's lap and purr. Stephen's like, you guys shut up and let's get back to talking about eating people. <laughs> <coughs> All right, that'll be my marker. <laughs> All right, one more time. Since we're still paused, I'm gonna. Oh my change god! One more time. Kevin, oh, you're changing clothes? No, I'm trying to. My computer is on my desk. Weird. I'm trying to get it rearranged so Why? it works better. Oh my god! Okay. I I move it because I go to school and I bring it with me, and then things get rearranged. And okay. Yeah. I should be good. No we're more good? problems. All right. Yeah. But that was one of the, the primary points of this article was um, what about in cases of necessity, right? You know, uh, all all the rules get thrown out the window, or so we might be led to believe, when it's a matter of life and death. When it's a matter of I, I want to survive, the only way I can survive is by eating another person. And how do you determine who to eat, why to eat them? Um, how to eat them, uh, or whether whether it's okay in those really extreme circumstances. Because you know, I'm I'm sure after 14, 17, 20 days without any food, 
I wouldn't exactly be in my right mind. I wouldn't be thinking logically. I would, you know, look at my friend Jim and go, man, his thighs look really delicious right now. And, uh, and start contemplating to do this. And, uh, and certainly we have legal cases where that was exactly, uh, what happened is, is everybody went, all right, let's draw straws. All right, you drew the short straw. We slit your throat and we cook you and eat you. Um, and that was. <sighs> It's just, it's horrible even to think about. I'm, it I'll, is. I'll be honest. But, I mean, in those, we, more, more important than the, than maybe the evolutionary urge not to eat our fellow man is the evolutionary urge to survive. You know, that is, that is kind of the point, right? Is you want to survive at all costs. And sometimes the cost is eating someone else. You know, it is at the cost of someone else's survival. <laughs> it is well, a horrible it's... thing to consider, but it has happened. Yeah. Okay, something dying is always the cost of survival. It's just where on the scale is it? You know, like I get mm. so, so mad at like veggie hippies that they're like, you know, because you I this eat a line plant. Yeah, what? You know, because I eat a plant, nothing dies because, yes, that part of that plant died. So you could survive. Yeah, like, but okay, then you get into the question of well, what what is actually what is living and sentient? You know, for for vegetarians, it's like well, I'm not going to eat any other sentient being, uh, anything that can feel. No, it's, uh, it's you're not going to eat it because it's cute. That's why you're doing it. Uh, Shut up. <laughs> I don't know. Cows aren't cute. No, they really aren't. Cows can be cute. Baby, can baby be cows. Dog. I don't think pigs are cute either. No, pigs are disgusting. Although it is, it is always the baby that is the tastiest of the species. Because mm, of the so like increased I, I amount think, of fat. I think there is correlation between cuteness and tastiness. Mm. Well, um, the the cuter the animal, I think the tastier it is. I don't know. I can think of some cute animals I wouldn't want to eat. Not because they're cute. I just don't think they taste very good. <laughs> See, I'm one of those that wants them to go all Jurassic Park on like all the the dead animals because I want to know what dodo and triceratops and crap tastes like. Dude. I want to well, eat they, a dingo. They, they've made the first steps to clone a woolly mammoth. Well, you dingoes about that. aren't extinct Oh, wait, yet. no. Dingoes aren't extinct. Uh, yeah, dingoes is, are, you, can, you can eat a dingo. You can eat a dingo. You just have to kill one first. Um, I have to go to Australia. Uh, yes. But, but yeah, uh, yeah what is it What is it that, that was like that extinct... Uh, no, the Tasmanian. No, not what is it? It was some. It was some dog, right? That went extinct. Um, I have no oh. idea what you're talking about. No, no idea. Extinct dog. Anyways, thylacine. No. T-H-L-Y-A-C-I-N-E. Oh, and and here's a mind screw for Tasmanian tiger. Tasmanian tiger. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it's called. It's the the real name is the thylacine. Uh huh. No, that's what, and there's yeah, like footage of it, but they're uh, but they're extinct now. Okay. Okay, so here's what I want to know, just for the sake of knowledge, sure. not because I would actually do it. But does Homo sapien meat taste different from like Homo erectus meat, or you know Homo habilis, or <laughs> hmm. probably? Well. I mean, we have different <laughs> we have different breeds of cattle that taste differently. Are there we any, have, oh, okay, so here's a question. How close is it yeah. to, like, ape meat? See, I want to eat an ape as well. Mm. But see, like I think... Like various forms of, of ape. I think most people would have the same reaction to eating an ape as they would to eating a human. 
I have a similar no, reaction. I think chimpanzees would probably be tasty as hell. <laughs> I mean, they're so adorable. It's that cuteness and tastiness thing. Oh, chimpanzees boy. are not adorable. Chimpanzees are terrible bringers of evil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but you put see, them in pants and they wash kittens oh and God. it's awesome. Kiki, it's people like you. That 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 are the reason why the why chimps yeah that that they're the reason why chimps keep showing up in comedy movies and commercials <laughs> and no, 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 every which no, way but no, loose no. is all your fault. <laughs> no, not like that. But I think in the in the very short YouTube clip way they're oh. adorable. Not in the they can hold a two hour movie adorable. No. Let's, Let's get that very, very... I don't, and I don't know why anyone ever thought that that was possible. Like, I never... Even as a kid, I never found the chimpanzee in a movie thing uh, adorable or cute or funny or anything. I just found it awkward and weird and disturbing. And, and kind of sad, actually. Because, you know, you're, you're dressing up this animal in, you know, and forcing it to do things against its will. Like, uh, for, for, you know, our amusement. I, you know... Ah, I just always found that really creepy. But... Anyways, um, it's it's interesting that you say that, Kiki. Like, so you would, uh, in all seriousness, you would be okay eating an ape or a chimpanzee. Yeah, but they are so close to. I mean, with the right kind of sauce. (laughs) It's all about the sauce. It's all about the sauce. It is all about the sauce. I I mean, I don't know what you got up there, but we've got some good sauce down here in Texas. That's not a joke. Hmm. Like, I think it would be very important to pair ape meat with the correct form of sauce. And I don't know what that sauce would be because I've never eaten ape. And that makes me sad. I'm sure that some cultures have eaten apes. Like that just, yeah. I yeah. feel like that's sure definitely, and probably a lot more prominent than, uh, than human cannibalism. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, if that's the closest I can get, I'm willing to take that. Sure. You know, if there's if there's like no legal ethical way for me to ever try human meat, I am okay like trying our closest <laughs> our closest know, evolutionary neighbors. neighbors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh boy. Well, you know, we're, I'm not. we're No, I'm, I, I'm really not I, either. I constantly I have a saying. If it was once an animal and now it is dead, I will eat it. Like, you know, I have all people that are like, do you eat seafood or will you eat red meat? I'm like, did it used to have a face and now it is dead and cooked on my plate because I will eat it. Do, do shrimps have faces? Is, I don't feel like shrimps well, have faces. Well, they have eyes. Yeah, and they little, do. Little have mustaches. Like eyes do uh, 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 Okay, face isn't a necessity, but it's, not- <laughs> it's kind of a bonus. You like things without faces, too. <laughs> I will eat things without faces as well. You know, yeah. I will eat like scallops and, you know, various forms of mollusk. But... Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Well, I, I don't think we've come to any, you know, conclusions about the uh, <laughs> the wrongness or rightness oh, of eating meat. meat. We've certainly we've certainly kind of reinforced uh, the stereotype that, yeah, most humans are pretty uncomfortable with it. Uh, but oh. I, I really think that, that that ape thing is worth exploring. Like, why are... It's really so. Someone has to be one hundred percent human, and and there's that there's that you know that step that you go through that at some point people just become or you know animals go from being you know sort of human like to human, and uh, we have crossed that line somewhere. But you know the closer you get to it, like I I would really be curious about that. Like once you get to Homo erectus, uh, that kind of in between ish. You know how close can you get to an actual human? Before it's not okay. <laughs> Neanderthal. And, Neanderthal. And I, 
So we need I the will... Geico guy? <laughs> I guess. Going back on your, your thing about insects, I will kind of put this to the listeners out there. Think Geek sells oven-baked tarantula and roasted red ants on their site. And I'll put this out to the listeners. If anybody wants to pony up the money that it would take to buy those and send them to me, I will make a video tasting tarantula and ants for the first time Mm. and put it up on YouTube. There we go. I would... Because I've been kind of... I've been curious, but it costs a little too much for me to just kind of waste money on it right now how much like how much is the tarantula i'm curious you know let's look at well while you're looking that up we're we're uh in the last 15 minutes of the show so we can go ahead and flip over to our uh form spring answering segment uh Mm -hmm. did you find it kiki um just yeah just one second okay um so kevin you've got them pulled up right yeah i got them out um Let's see. There are a few of these we can bust out pretty easily. Um, related to our episode a couple of weeks back, um, the one where we talked about uh, Escape from Spiderhead, someone asked, uh, was Darkenflox liquid stress? Um, sort of. I think I that's s- an oversimplification. Yeah. I think it was just like liquid. Um, it, it, was, it was just the bad feelings drug. It was the depression, the super depression like- drug. I, I, I imagine um, there was something, and I may just be getting my pop culture wires crossed, but I remember some sort of like black tar from some sort of TV show that if you touch oh. would make you feel horrible. And if um, I had a better reference to whatever it is I'm thinking of, I would mention that, but I don't have that. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're just going to say imp- <laughs> answered in episode 85 on that one, even though we didn't really. Um, <laughs> Tried. Uh, we can go through uh, all of us kind of briefly on this one. Uh, what would you uninvent? <laughs> yeah, this is what I've been staring at for a while. I don't know that I have an answer for it. Yeah, I, well, okay, let's ask first. Let's go meta on this one. What is it to uninvent something? <laughs> is that just like to to cause it never to have been invented in the first place? I think That's so. I, okay. I think erase from the time stream it yeah. is a good... All right, so... Do we have any ideas about that? I, I know. Number one on my list would have to be auto-tune. Really? I, 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 uh, I, as, a, as a musician, as a, as a person with over 20 years of, of singing uh, experience and training, I find that to be one of the most hideous things ever invented. Okay. So, Kiki says auto-tune. Kevin? I say I've I've wanted to answer this one. I look at this every time I come in. I'm like, what would I uninvent? And I mean, this may may have to be the first form spring stumper for me. Oh my um, god! Make a note of the I history like books, ladies and like, gentlemen. I, there's not an, an invention, a device that I feel, you know, maybe <laughs> some sort of you know, the gas chamber. I mean, something that kills people really quickly and efficiently. Um, but we'll always find a way to kill each other as quickly or as efficiently as, as possible. Uh-huh. And so I don't, I mean, even those sorts of things, like the things to better humankind, maybe I'm just too negative. I don't think would have enough of an effect. I mean, well, yes, if I, think I, can I really, Kevin, finger, I really think you're over, overthinking this. I've, probably. I've got, I've got a great answer for you. What's your answer? The, the Snuggie. 
I would, I would, I would uninvent the snuggie. I, I have a good I, answer. I, no, the shake weight. Uh, okay. All right. That's an, yeah. So basically, like all the stuff that has come up on 1999 television commercials. <laughs> that is. That is. No, most of it is uninvent. Both of those are so recent, and I'm like, really? Yeah, those are the last few years. So, Kevin, yeah, why don't you just... Anything that you would buy at 3 a.m. on a random channel should sure. just go. So, yeah. Kevin, why don't you just uninvent the shake weight? And, I don't want to uninvent the shake weight, though, because I... See, I have nothing why you don't want to uninvent the shake weight? No, I, I really... I have no opinion on the shake weight whatsoever. I don't even dislike it. It's out there. I'm like, okay... I can actually see how it would work as far as a fitness standpoint. Um, that makes sense um, to me. Yeah, it looks silly, but <laughs> lots of things I do look silly. I'm used to that. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I struggle. I don't know what I would uninvent. Okay. Well, let's let's just leave it at that, man. Yeah, Kevin was stumped. I'll we'll put that down in the record. I I, I that's what I got. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Well, moving on then. Um, and I, I, and I, I posted the link for the the bugs. I just want to say, uh, and we'll we'll post that in the show notes, of course. But I just want to say, whoever's been posting questions on here, kind of in the middle, is brilliant. They've got we've got some good ones in here. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna skip up to. Uh, oh well, uh, Kiki, I'll let you answer that one that's directed to you on your own time. But the one right above it uh, oh, is having. There's one to me. Yeah, there is one yes. directed to you. Um, we'll give you the login after the show. Okay, cool. Um, is having a beard considered uncultured? What about a mustache? Kevin, I feel like you definitely have an opinion on this one. I do. Uh, my first answer is it depends on the culture. Okay. Um, if we're talking our culture right now, beards are a little bit out. Um, really? they've been, they, yes. Um, they're coming back. Now this is the difference. They've been out for a while. 80s, 90s, beards were definitely out. If you had a beard, you were not a cultured person. Right. Um, they're coming back. I don't think they're back yet. Um, if you go look around, um, you, you talk to people about you know how to interview for a job, they advise against facial hair. Hmm. Um, and I think that's a big indicator in my mind. Well, color me uncultured, but uh, I have had a beard since November. I basically started No Shave November and didn't stop. Well, I've had and, uh, a beard since I could have one. Oh, so. yeah. I, in fact, <laughs> I've seen you without a beard, and it's disturbing. So never, yeah. ever, ever shave again. Ooh, this might be a good time to put the link to that video in the show notes. Oh, um, you know I have already. I did, I did you, post that okay. in a previous episode. You we'll, only get one link, Kevin. <laughs> Stop asking. Like, well, I'm just saying, if people want to see me with a beard and then without a beard in a, in a juxtaposition, that's the video to watch. Yeah, that, oh, my God. You want to talk about um, disturbing. I would, I would sooner eat a human than watch that video again. <laughs> Ouch! That kind of hurts me, Stephen. I'm hurt. Um, I'm hyperbolizing, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, now, mustaches are more cultured than beards, uh, but it depends not on the mustache. Necessarily cultured because there's um, there's definitely the like the uh, the stereotype of the creeper stash now. And, yeah. Uh, oh boy, somebody at our store definitely has one. And it's well, like and the thing is, it's like the mid eighties, you know, uh, the mid mid eighties pedophile stash, like that. I I would pretty much say like there there's a type of mustache that is just not ever acceptable. And uh, John Hodgman is another good example of a guy who has that creeper stash. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, here's here's the thing. John Hodgman is doing it on purpose. Oh, and I I get that, but it's still creepy. Well, as far as on purpose mustaches, hipsters are very fond of mustaches right now. Yeah. Which tells me from this sort of standpoint is they think, because hipsters do everything ironically, they think that having a mustache isn't considered a culture. But it will become more popular the more that hipsters do it, thus becoming cultured or at least acceptable again yeah. because that's the hipster's eternal fear is that they will do something and then it will become popular and then they'll have to stop doing it dude not being mainstream is so mainstream now man it is yeah right. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm, I'm just... trying to get the pirate hipsters started so you know <laughs> ironically wearing ipads <clears throat> parents totally um yeah you got a comment there kiki i want to move on to the next I, one i just i just hate hipsters Okay, well, we can we can hate on hipsters another hipsters, time. Hipsters, hippies, anything that starts with hip. Okay. Just hippopotamus. <laughs> you hate hippopotami? Hippopotamuses? Hippopotamuses uh, no. are evil, man. Yeah. They will kill you. They, are, they, would, they, would, they would definitely eat people. I do not hate them, but I would like to eat them. Okay. <laughs> um, here's another good one. What will you do when bad philosophy is worth millions? Let's start with um, Kevin. <laughs> wake up from the wonderful dream I've been having. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I'm going to uh, saddle up my pit to fly to London, but, you know. Yeah, would you just move to England, Kiki? Oh, well, I'd move to England if anybody came to the month right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, I mean, if bad philosophy is worth millions, I would quit working on my thesis and live off that. I'm curious. Uh, I'm curious, Kiki. Uh, just, just you know, hypothetically speaking, how much money would it take to move you to England? I don't know. See, it, I've been I've been looking into this at various you know things, and I've been trying to see about the possibility of going to school there. Or mm-hmm. the no, how about just like yeah, moving moving to England, um, just moving there and having like a chance to get a job. I'd say. Just throw out maybe, a number. Maybe maybe six thousand. Six thousand. Okay. For a couple of months, rent and all the necessary visa fees and things like that. Yeah. Well, if uh, if any of you out there listening to the show have uh, either a way to get Kiki to England or uh, you know an extra six grand lying around, uh, or if you are a hot British man that would like to propose marriage to me, I can provide pics if you want. <laughs> uh, yeah. Pics on demand. <laughs> Uh, or it didn't happen. I will pour myself out for British citizenship. <laughs> Let's just make that clear. Let's put that on the record. Kiki will whore herself out for British citizenship. Not so. even citizenship. Just the ability to get like decent health care. Like okay. I've discovered that that's that's one of my things. Decent health care is sexy. So uh, offers on the table, everybody. Uh, let's move on to. Oh well, I guess I should answer. Um, <laughs> once, once bad philosophy is worth millions, I will uh, finally realize our dream of recording an episode in every country, and I think that will keep us busy for a long time. I would be down for that. Yeah, having a you know, of course, an English-speaking guest from that country to uh, you know juxtapose against Kevin and, and Kiki and possibly Jed. And well, actually, you know what? We'll just, if we got millions, we'll just take everybody on tour. Yeah. How's that? Well, I'd like to go on <laughs> tour with bad philosophy. I mean, that's something. That probably will not happen. No. Conceivably, um, we just don't have the audience for it. And I'd like to increase our audience, but I don't really know how. Mm-hmm. Uh, if but- if you are a person who works at a college with very very low standards for their guests, 
We would like to say now, as a collective, that we would love to come and do a live show for you and your student body. We really would. I mean, I, I think... Well, my, my vision for it is, is, you know, there are a few philosophy podcasts uh, out there and we're all, we're all good in different ways. And I think it would be great to have like a super group of like uh, a bunch of different philosophy, you know, amateur philosophers just traveling around, you know, having debates at various colleges and, you know, having guest professors from those colleges. And, uh, but, you know, that's my dream. So yeah. it's sort of a chicken and egg thing, you know. We got to be worth millions to make that happen, but we probably won't be worth millions until it happens. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, the the beauty of the internet is you don't need millions to reach millions. So let's. Well, we just... haven't re reached millions. We've reached hundreds. We've reached hundreds of thousands. Hey, I, I you guys listening, force your friends to listen. <laughs> That's the only way that we get to. I would say we've reached thousands. I doubt we've reached hundreds of thousands of people. Okay, I think I think when I last looked at the numbers, we've had like tens of thousands of uniques, which is modest. You know, that's a good yeah. that's a good number. Yeah, that's over the past what three years? Yeah, four years? yeah, roughly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so if you're if you are going to threaten your friends, of course the only way to do it is to threaten to eat them unless they listen to bad philosophy. So let's and see, if do you have... do eat them, let me know what it tastes like, please, please, please. please. Ooh, okay. Here's here's kind of a fun one. <laughs> Um, I'm completely ignoring you for a reason, Kiki. <laughs> um, here's a, here's another fun one to uh, to end with. Psychologist is to overpaid friend philosopher is to. Yeah, see, they formatted the question wrong because it's supposed to give us a second. Yeah. Thing. It's supposed <laughs> yeah. to be this is to this as this is to, and you fill in the blank. blank. Yeah. yeah. Wow. This person definitely failed the uh, the ACT. SAT. Yeah. yeah, your your SAT scores probably weren't up there, were they? I mean, I appreciate the idea, and it's kind of fun, but my sister is studying psychology right now, so I'm a little insulted. So should we just be um, like, Kevin was insulted on episode 85? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit insulted. Yeah. Um, I'll also, say, I'll say, Kevin is a little bit insulted by this question on episode, on episode 85. Five, whatever. 85, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a that's a good uh, a good amount of question answering. If you if you have more questions for the bad philosophers, please post them on formspring.me/badphilosophy. We do answer them on the show, and uh, we will diligently answer the ones that we decide to answer. Take that how you will. Um, I think we are done with this episode, everybody. Thank you for uh, for being on the show once again, Kiki and Kevin. Yay! Yay! Uh, where can folks find you on the interwebs? Feel free to plug absolutely anything. Um, well, I'm a member of this podcast called Bad Philosophy. You can check it out at badphilosophy.com. Tell your oh, friends. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. Uh, I'm also available on Twitter at twitter.com slash kevsund, K-E-V-S-A-U-N-D. That's pretty much all I do right now. Cool. And Kiki, where are you on the interwebs? Um, type voice of Kiki, all one word, into Google. Anything that comes up is me. Ooh, that, I like that. Yeah, just Google voice of Kiki. <laughs> Google me. That's, that's the Google new me. One. Google me hard and fast. And you can find me on twitter.com slash s-torrence, s-t-o-r-r-e-n-c-e. Uh, Google Stephen Torrance, and you'll find pretty much everything I've done on the uh, on the interwebs. Oh, except for my my Vimeo channel, I 
have a couple of videos on there that are related to um, other things that I'm doing other than the, the sign language stuff, although I do have one sign language video on there, uh, and that is vimeo.com slash user 4216106. do <laughs> that one more time for me. Let me get the number down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just as long as a phone number. That's That's kind of creepy. I wonder if you call that if you get like... I don't even know. Um, next time on Bath Talk, yeah, we no. call Steven's Vimeo number and see who answers. And uh, and actually, I do have uh, something new to plug. Um, I recently went through my closet in anticipation of, of moving down to an apartment at the end of April, and uh, I found a bunch of binders of artworks that I did as a kid uh, between roughly 1995 and 2002. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of pencil drawings, a lot of sketches, a lot of uh, marker drawings, and I just I scanned them all, all like 300 of them into uh, into my Aperture library, and I'm actually going through them and kind of picking out the uh, the interesting ones. There there was actually some pretty interesting artwork in there, very geeky stuff, all of it. It's like Star Wars, Star Trek, Star Gunner, a lot of Star stuff. And uh, I'm I'm posting these these images along with uh, brief descriptions and kind of context and comparison on my blog at uh, stevent.tumblr.com. So uh, head there. I call the series "Growing Up Geek," ironically, of course, because I'm a closet hipster. I'm, I'm just going to put that out there. And uh, please oh, I go have there. I hate you now. Oh no! You, you know you can you can. Tell you what, Kiki, I will... Can uh, I like you ironically? You can. You can totally like me ironically. All right, then. So please, uh, you know, check them out. I'll be, uh, I'll be Twittering when I post new uh, segments of the Growing Up Geek series, but uh, it's fun stuff. It's pretty, pretty neat. I, I, think, uh, I think some folks out there who are artistic as a kid will, will find some, uh, some throwbacks, and, uh, or they'll just find really bad art. So feel free to comment on them. It's my latest thing. Check it out. You can also find us, of course, at twitter.com slash badphilosophy. Thank you all for listening. Don't any, eat any people until the next episode. And we'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy. wasn't written by George Lucas. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Like, just the histories and, like, multi-millennial plot lines and, yeah, it's, there's just cool okay. stuff Okay, you guys are nerds. <laughs> okay, just because I'm talking about Star Wars while making chainmail no, jewelry... Talking about Star Wars does not make you a nerd anymore. Talking about Star Wars actually makes you old now. I've discovered this because all of it my does. students don't know what Star Wars is. They've never seen it. Yeah, I did a, did a poll in one of my classes. Of my 60 students, four of them have seen Star Wars. Uh, okay, that, that, is, that is a killable offense, right? I mean, we're all together on that. I, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but I'm saying, Star, talking about Star Wars doesn't make you a nerd anymore. It makes you old. Talking about the Star Wars expanded universe, or the expanded universe of really anything makes you a nerd. 
Well, it makes it makes you an old nerd, right? Thanks, Kevin. I'm an old nerd now. Clearly. Philosophy.com. I was cranking what like one out every hour one day. <laughs>